This literally just happened, and Reddit is the only thing that keeps me sane, so here we go. I got a new neighbour a couple of months ago, really nice Flanders neighbour type dude. He's older, maybe in his 50s, lives alone, has kids I see come and go on the weekend sometimes. All around normal guy I thought. He bought my husband and I chocolate and a joint for Christmas. He left a bunch of random cat toys at our doorstep for my cat who had been venturing to his yard for a couple of weeks. We talked to him occasionally, but never got more than a couple of minutes. He has cancer and is dying. That was a shock, and immediately we both fell for him. That was until tonight. Last week, we get home from work around 10.30 at night. 30 minutes later, there's a knock at my door. It's a police officer. This is really odd. The po asks us, have you seen your neighbour recently? When was the last time you talked to him? Of course, I thought the worst. Oh god, he must have died or something, right? Wrong. This guy called the cops on us, saying that my husband and I have been stalking him, peering into his windows and whispering harassing threats to him. I was dumbfounded and honestly hurt. It's not a good feeling to know that someone is thinking these things of you. Immediately, the cops suspected something mentally wrong might be going on with this dude. He had been up for like six days, and his new medicine might be messing with him. And uh, he also said that I was propositioning for him, so to say. Like, I was staring at him through the windows and mouthing words. Like, why? What would I do that for? You can't even see through this guy's windows from my house. My husband was livid. He told the cops to please go and take away his guns because something is not right with him. The cop did nothing and just said not to bother him. Well, that sounds like good advice, if that already wasn't what we was doing already. We packed up clothes and our dog for a couple of nights and went to stay out of town. I felt really nauseous thinking about how this old pervy dude having creepy subconscious sexual thoughts about me. I mean, to hallucinate this entire fabricated story of stalking and harassment means he is thinking about us all day. After a few days, we came home and I chalked up to, this guy's dying, he doesn't look good and his meds are probably messing with him, hopefully he gets help. Tonight was just like any other night. I pulled into my driveway and was coming home from work, but this time I noticed immediately that my neighbour was in his car in his driveway, just waiting there, and he immediately started yelling at us. All I got from him was incoherent yelling, was something about stalking and threatening his kid. By the way, his kid looks about 7 to 9, why would we do that? All this built up anger spewed out of me at that moment, and I started yelling, You're insane! What's wrong with you? You need help! My husband was yelling too, we were all yelling. Within 30 seconds, Flanders was walking towards my house from his lawn and put a gun to my husband's head. He pointed it and quickly moved his hand to the ground, shooting my grass twice and then shooting the air twice. Needless to say, we rushed inside and called 911. The SWAT team came along with what looked like 30 cars and showed up all along my block. My plan of action is to file a restraining order against him in the morning. I'm in such shock and I would never have imagined anything like this would have happened and it just scares the living daylights out of me that you can't really seriously trust anybody, no matter how nice and wholesome you think they are. For a bit of background before I tell my story, the place in which these events took place is a holiday resort about two hours away from where I live. I've been going there every summer for years and do so with many of my friends from home. The area isn't too big, it consists of a few housing estates, some better off than others, and some restaurants, a bar and some grocery stores. The main attraction is the beast and the golf course. If you don't play golf and don't do any water sports, then as a 15-17 to 17 year old teenager, 
The only thing they had to do is get drunk with your friends in the night. I fell into this category. Obviously, we were all minors, so we'd drink on the beach when no adults were there. Nearly every teenage kid did this. The golf course, as I mentioned earlier, runs onto the beach, so we'd all cycle over to the golf course and get into the beach at the night for a shortcut. Anyway, onto the story. So this happened a few years ago, and it was just a normal night. We got our drink, and we headed for the beach. Two of my friends had left a couple of wooden pallets on the beach earlier that day, so we could light a fire to keep us warm. So we went looking for the pallets in the pitch black dark, just the moon as a source of light. Then in the distance we saw a firelight. We assumed some of our friends from the neighbouring house in the state had gotten the pallets earlier. As we got close to the light, we noticed the people gathered around it weren't anyone we recognised. There were about 9 or 10 guys, and not one of them I could see were from the area. I know this because, as I said, the holiday is quite small and a close-knit, so everyone knows everyone, even the locals. They were older kids, probably about 19-20. They were using the pallets we brought down for a beach fire. They were definitely drinking heavily. One of my friends were confident and stupidly decided to shout at them, not knowing what the consequences would be. They then looked at us and began running towards us from the beach. We all scattered and started running away, knowing they were after us. I remember vividly hiding in a bunker of my own. I only realise now how stupid it was to hide alone in a bunker. I could hear them shouting and said they'd find us and get us. I hid beneath there for around 2 minutes until the 4 guys found me. They gathered around me and demanded I follow them. I tried to run but they grabbed me. I remember I began tearing up but the terror left me emotionless. They brought me down to the beach and threw me into the sand. One guy then said, give me your phone and any money you have. I didn't want to get hurt, so I complied. Fortunately, I had only had a bit of change, and we had already brought our drinks, so I had no phone because we could misplace things if we were too drunk, which in hindsight was pretty dumb. The fact that I had very little money really annoyed them. After accusing me of not giving them everything I had on me, one of the older guys said, Let's fry him into the bonfire. He said it, thinking it would be fun, as if it was some sort of sick joke. Before I could think to run, two guys grabbed me by my arms. I'll never forget how terrified I was. I shouted, please, no, don't, as if it would help. I squirmed and tried to fight their grip as they dragged me closer and closer to the fire. I could feel the heat gradually getting more intense. I really thought I was going to be lobbed into the bonfire. Then, out of some miracle, I managed to escape one of their grips, and I shook free of the other one, and I ran for my life. They ran after me as far as the golf club. I think the only reason they didn't catch me is because they were very drunk, and I was sober and more aware. As soon as I realised they weren't telling me anymore, I sat down on a wall and started crying. I was so scared. I was too scared to even get up. I didn't even have my cell phone to call my friends. I didn't know if they were okay. I left my bike on the golf course so I had to walk home that night. I texted my friend and explained what happened and we all assured one another we were okay. The next morning my friend and I decided to stay home for the remainder of the holiday. We never told our parents out of fear we'd get in trouble for drinking. I regret not having told them, considering these guys could have done this to someone again the next night, and maybe that person wouldn't have been as lucky as I was. So you pay off the mortgage. My family built two granny flats in our backyard and had been renting both out. At first, this concept was terrifying. Strangers living on our land. It felt like a blatant invasion of privacy. Fortunately, the real estate agent and my dad both found kind old men to live in their granny flats. 
Now we were familiar with one of the men, as he was previously living in our neighbourhood and would greet us if we walked past him and engage in small talk. The only issue is that he was non-functional and an alcoholic, but he was always kind to me, despite having some horrible habits, racist and homophobic, which often gets him in trouble, resulting in my mum having to patch him up after a solid beating and him being disowned by his family. My parents, immigrants themselves, tend to overlook his views and even lowered his rent out of pity for him. We honestly thought that he was a good guy, merely a victim of circumstance. The first red flag for me is when he coaxed me into coming to his granny flat under the ruse of finding his phone. Instead, he locked the doors and proceeded to show me a stash of opioids and injections and trying to gain in conversation about medical issues. In order to escape, I had to call my brother without the tenant and leave the call running so my brother could hear me ask to be let outside and overhear the conversation. Being a victim of sexual abuse twice left me fairly shaken up. Since then, I've refused to engage with this tenant alone. Recently, the final straw for my family came when we started noticing odd things inside our house. My dad found blood in his room that no one could explain. We would hear footsteps inside the house when I was alone during the day, and simultaneously causing our little puppy to go into guard dog mode. A mere two hours ago, my mum was home from work, unusual for her, and then she suddenly hears a door open and someone steps in and sit down on the couch. From my mother's recollection, she ducked inside the pantry and watched as our trustworthy tenant walked around our house, avoiding the rooms that had noise emitting from it, i.e. my brother is home due to injury, watching TV and our dog is in there too. However, he did peek into my room while I was sleeping, directly opposite the kitchen and visible to my mum. Before sitting down on the couch, my mum soon confronted him, kicking him out and regained composure from what she could describe as a near heart attack before going to his granny flat. The man had no recollection of entering our home 10 minutes ago, playing dumb with lines such as, Was I really in your house? Did I do that? I don't remember doing anything wrong. What's evident is that this wasn't the first, second or third time. And just for the record, I don't condone his homophobic or racist views, and I've never ever looked past if it's hurting others. Around a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I was using an app Whisper to help with making friends after getting out of high school. I was 19 at the time, had a really nice boyfriend etc. I had used Whisper before and actually made 2 or 3 friends during my senior year and also found a friend of mine's boyfriend cheating on Whisper, so it's safe to say this app can be a handful sometimes. I put out a Whisper asking for someone to talk to and of course I got a ton of replies but I couldn't get to them all but I'd messaged some of the interesting ones back. This guy named Jack started messaging me. He seemed really nice. He said he was 23 and actually lived 8 minutes from my house. If you use Whisper, you would know that you can search by area or go into the general section and see thousands of whispers been uploaded that you could reply to. You can also send photos instantly after 4 messages for some reason. As soon as we messaged 4 times, he sent me a selfie. And I was surprised, but I didn't really respond about it. Jack was telling me how he works for a towering company in a neighbouring town, how he would have to use the interstate and go to these places. At the time, I didn't have a job because my mum was sick, so I'd use my laptop out in the kitchen at the table to watch streams and play some games in case you needed me at any point. I remember watching my friends stream, talking to my friends and generally having a good time until I got a text from Jack. Now I never gave him my address and he never really explained where he lived. I didn't mention the church, interstate, or anything near me, 
but he texts me saying, Hey, look out the window. I thought maybe something would have happened on the interstate, but then I remembered I never told him how close he was to me, but I assumed he guessed I lived nearby. I see a tow truck right outside my house with a car that broke down or something. My blood ran cold. He was at the truck, waving. Also very inappropriate while working, but that's beside the point. I started shaking due to having some bad anxiety and ended up having an anxiety attack. How did he know where I lived? I replied asking what he meant and he said, well you're home aren't you? I didn't respond. Went back to the stream, I had up and started typing to my friends, freaking out to them and causing them to panic as well. I didn't want to call the cops because my cousin is one and so is my friends. As soon as anything was heard about it, I'd be in deep trouble for it, so I ignored him. Then he sent me a disgusting pic on the app of himself. I was disgusted and deleted the post and messages from Whisper. I also blocked him. The next day, an unknown number texted me and I figured it was him. I ignored it and then I got a restrictive phone call and I picked up. Big mistake. I was out in the garage with my cat, she's a stray. And this voice on the other end said, Hey, you look great right now. When I come for an ice cream down the road. I looked out the door and he was next to me and I see him in his car, driving slow, locking his eyes on me. I jumped up and ran inside after hanging up. Ran into my room so I could feel comfortable with my blankets in my bed. I was petrified. I got a job soon after that at Subway and he would come in and start harassing me, texting me on random numbers since I blocked them all. I felt paranoid all the time, not only seemed to know where I was at all times. One day, my now ex-boyfriend ended up texting him. I had given him his original number that I got, just in case anything had happened to me since I blocked it. Furiously, he told him to leave me alone, stop stalking me and everything. I never got a message after that, but I'm still paranoid he's watching me. At the time of this story, I was in 6th grade. On this particular day, our science teacher was sick, so we had a substitute. This teacher often subbed for our school and had two older children that went to our school. A son, Jerry, that was in 8th grade and a daughter that recently left for high school. Our school wasn't very big and we all knew everyone, so the relationship was common knowledge. Everyone knew her name, she was basically treated like she was a part of the full-time staff. Though I knew of their existence, I never really interacted with her kids as they were older than me, but soon enough I was going to get to know who her son really was. About halfway through class, I asked if I could use the bathroom. This teacher was the type to ask, I don't know, can you? You all know the type. This was quite irritating, but I really had to go, so I gave no lip and made a grammatical correction. I grabbed the hall pass and made the long walk down the hallway, running my fingers along the lockers. I had to use a bathroom, but I was also in no hurry to get right back. At least in this moment I wasn't. After I take care of my business, I went for a sip of the water fountain. I go for the short one because the water seemed colder than the others. After a few seconds of me greedily slurping down water, our school had no AC. I feel a firm grip cupping my butt with both hands. I could feel the warmth of their body on my backside and it made my skin crawl. I immediately sat up, with water running down my chin. When I turned around, I saw Jerry looking down at me with a calm expression, like this was a totally normal interaction. I say, what are you doing? But instead of waiting for a response, I start fast walking back to class and I could hear him aggressively whispering to me to slow down. I'm not stupid, so I don't oblige. That hallway felt like it went on forever. Hearing him a few places behind me made my heart beat harder than ever. 
I could hear it in my ears. My footsteps and my heartbeat became indistinguishable. Once I go back to class, I quickly sit down with my friends. It was only then that I realised I was clutching the hall pass for dear life. I must look like a deer in headlights because they immediately asked me what was wrong. As I fought tears and told them what happened, I tried my best to keep it out of earshot for the teacher. I was afraid that she'd be mad if she found out. Stupid, I know, but I was young and thought that she wouldn't believe me. I noticed that my friend Sarita was unusually quiet for the rest of the period. After class, she pulled me aside and told me the same thing happened to her not long ago. She never told anyone about it. We decided to tell our math teacher during lunch. It wasn't hard to convince Sarita, as now she wouldn't have to do it alone. Our math teacher, Miss Fletcher, was young and very open. She made us feel safe and comfortable. We knew she would believe us, and she did. I don't remember what happened after that. I assume he got suspended because I didn't see him for a while after that. But I never really saw him that much anyway, because of our grade difference as well. After this experience, when we would have that substitute teacher, I would feel awkward around her, not knowing if she knew it was me. She never said anything and she never gave me any indications. If I would have never said anything, Sarita would have never said anything either. He would have been free to do it again and again as long as everyone was too afraid to confront the issue. I can understand being scared, I really can. It's almost as if saying something makes it real. I guess that's why I didn't run. In 8th grade, they moved 7th and 8th graders in with the high school. I would see him regularly, he never spoke to me. He only looked at me with the same calm expression. He never did anything, but he still made me uncomfortable nevertheless. I know some people think this may not be a big deal, but knowing that I'm graduated now, I remember it like it was yesterday, and proves it had an impact on me. It may not be a huge impact, but it will stick with me. This experience has taught me how to deal with potentially more serious things that might occur in my life.